0: Welcome to Moz Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. Joining us today in Moz Garage, our special guest, aspiring author, life coach, and founder of Shauna Martin Ministries,
1: Shauna Martin. Hello. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about logic and emotion. So grab a log
2: and join us by the fire. I'm wondering is there an emotion or a feeling that makes you feel guilty when you feel that emotion?
3: I would say one hundred percent. And when you are feeling lustful,
2: lustful.
3: Oh. Lust was the first one that came to my mind too. It's Lust, and it's funny because that's in our society, literally everywhere. Jealousy, maybe too. Billboards, magazines tv commercial like it's just it's in everything and that's one of the sins
2: and the whole reason it's around us in society is it's kind of built in our dna Mm -hmm. so they know how to feed off that because we were created to have that desire that makes sense
3: yeah it does literally rule 101 of advertisement is give the audience what they want Mm -hmm.
0: yeah That's that's what we talked about in a little bit in the last episode of instinct and morality is it's in our instincts. It's our natural drives that they feed on and then make us feel guilty for the things that drive
3: us that we people have been doing for centuries, have the same mentalities that they've had for years. They make you feel guilty when you look at your bank account and it's overdrawn or you look at the stuff that you have purchased and you've neglected other more important things. Yeah.
2: Now, if you break down the question, if you're saying you feel guilty about being lustful, so we are created to attract a mate, right? A lifelong right. mate. So you have to have that desire and you're going to have a desire to have that intimacy. So again, it's built in your DNA. So if we break down being lustful, is that for your spouse, if you were married or your significant other, or just in general?
3: i think to break it down further it's more of just like a personal lustful feeling, where you are basically prioritizing things that shouldn't be prioritized but because it's your general instinct and your natural desire to want these things when you've got a whole smorgasbord of other things that should be more important that are going to yield more of a benefit, but it's your internal desires that essentially beat out all those other
1: things. So that's in the sense of things. What about in the sense of people? Like if you're single, what is there to be guilty of for feeling lustful, right? Like that's what Shauna was saying is that's our natural born mentality is to lust after a lifelong mate right
3: i think it it would it would depend on the context in terms of what you're lusting after yes in terms of attracting a mate no one should necessarily feel guilty about trying to attract a mate what they would feel guilty about is when they're stepping boundaries in that realm, i.e., dating one of your friends' exes. So for me, I kind of took it as
0: how I used to approach relationships before, where I was more lustful because of this image of beauty and this image of what a perfect mate and what other people will think of your spouse kind of aspect. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that's not the important thing for finding a spouse. And I thought more logically. So my aspect has changed from lust towards like beauty to more now I'm attracted to someone who is compatible, who has similar goals and aspirations, someone who has, you know, similar mentality more than just this image that's portrayed to us by the media of who you're supposed to pursue and what like that kind of relationship should be.
2: That's good. It's like a growth um, maturity, yeah. <laughs> Looks Look, right. spade. So you know, if you want something long lasting, <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? And I think you just kind of continue to grow, and that's what you witness. So you're just kind of like, yeah, this is the pool. Well, you learn your lesson too, because you learn your lesson
0: from going after people for just that mentality. Mm. Oh, you definitely do. And, and then you realize you
3: need something more than that. So that you sometimes you learn your lesson. <laughs> and especially when you're looking at people through those rose glasses and all you're seeing are just flags.
2: It can right. have another emotion there. <laughs> Emotions can get in a lot of trouble.
0: It can. It can. That's where you can fulfill that need and in your instinct to find <laughs> a spouse and to find a partner, but you can do it in a logical way and really figure yourself out and figure out what you're trying to go after before just going after what everybody else is telling you to go after.
1: Could you almost relate emotion to impulse when it comes to decision making, in a sense?
2: Oh, yeah, especially if the emotion gets strong enough.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And I would even go further to say you could associate both because an impulsive decision, that's you standing at a, check, at a check stand register and seeing a stick of gum and thinking to yourself, I should chew some gum before going in, going to like this public event that I'm gonna be talking to a bunch of people. I should have fresh breath if I'm gonna be talking to a bunch of people. So that's a logical decision. And then you see the Hershey's candy bar right next to it and your emotions like, ooh, goody. The impulse
0: too could be is kind of like with the children. When, when a kid does something, especially if it's your kid and they do something that is just outrageous, something they shouldn't be doing, and you're so frustrated at the action, you act with emotion and that just first aggra- like upset the angriness for what they did. Instead of thinking logically, well, no, they don't know any better. I'm the one who's supposed to teach them better. I can't just snap on them, I have to put a more logical aspect and tell them why they can't do that, because they're not going to learn a lesson. If you just snap at them and tear right. them down, you have to inform them. So it's, I feel like they are tied together. And you have to watch out for that without have to watch out for leading with your emotions all the time.
3: Boy, do I wish we had more of that when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: that, that was a great revelation because you just spoke about when you're children. And that that just says, actually, when we're children, we're pure. We're pure emotion. There's no logic from birth. Yeah. So we have like mm-hmm. our whole life we start out, with just pure emotion and then we have to learn our whole life to override those emotions with logic as we grow up.
3: That's what growing up is. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Growing up is unlearning what you yeah. learned in your childhood. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's again though, it's that back
0: and forth with moderation because I feel <laughs> like that's what we're trying to do is- oh, yeah take away from some of that logic, you don't have to think about everything so logically, because life isn't logical. So you have to bring some of that emotion back in, but learn to to moderate the two together, balance
1: them, right?
0: Right, It doesn't
3: have to be logical. Some a, a lot of people try to apply as much logic as possible to their lives and all the power to them. teach your own, you want to live your own life, Who are the, who am I to tell you how to live your own life? In my opinion, you have both logic and emotion both aspects of life that go hand in hand.
0: And logic isn't law, though. Logic can be flawed, just like emotions. You you can feel emotionally about something, but if because, because your past experiences or things that have happened to you, it doesn't mean that's exactly how the situation played out. And the same with logic. You could go through your mind, well, this probably happened because this, this, and that. But that doesn't mean that's exactly what happened. So it's usually some gray area in between.
3: Have you guys been in situations that you've had to remove the emotion from the logical thinking yeah management for one yeah 101 <laughs> man I, I was even gonna go far as far as saying just business in general
1: yeah you're not allowed to have emotions when you have a discussion not. in business
3: and especially I remember back to when I was selling insurance, the most successful people were the ones that were just selling, selling, selling. It was a numbers game. You talk to more people and you don't spend as much time with the ones that you know that you're not gonna essentially sell. But what would always hold me along with a lot of other people up is you get invested with those people and you put yourself in their position and you just want to be treated with that equal amount of respect that you're asking for. And, and some of these people would just bend rules and they would bend them, not break them. Somehow fold them all the way in half. without. And breaking that's it. the example that was set in those, in those agencies. Like it just, it, it, it became an art of knowing how to fudge around as much of the rules.
0: That's where you have to, I feel like you, again, it's moderation even in the business world because so many times that I've been told, yeah, don't, you can't have friendship with competition, you can't and you know, you have to be a manager first and things like that. But one of the things that I learned is investing in your employees. And I guess it's a little more empathy, but it's still emotion to understanding where their emotions are coming from. Because if you give that to people and treat them like human human beings with emotions, they'll work harder for you because you treat
3: them real. That's what people want is to be treated like a level individual. Like a real person, like a real person. Don't treat me like a number, right?
2: So emotions, this is where emotions comes in because emotions have a valid place and they have a voice. let's say we have logic has a voice and emotions have a voice and we just have to learn how to balance those two voices um to help us make wise decisions but emotions make us relatable if i can't feel compassion if i can't feel your pain if i can't feel sorrow or feel love i mean then we're all just robots so emotions are are a part again of our dna yeah so we have to balance constantly between emotions and logic and i was thinking earlier i was like emotions first of all my zodiac is a cancer so right there, I am the most sensitive emotional Zodiac, and I'm a woman. So I got two dings for when it comes to emotions. Um, so I've had to really learn. You know, like It's like emotions have gotten me into a lot of trouble, but logic has gotten me out, uh, saved me from getting into even a lot more trouble. You know, So it, that's just life. And emotions. I think when it, when you talk about business, I grew up even in the church. um You know, it's almost like everybody in society like stuff your emotions. You were not allowed to feel. You're not allowed to share. And this is where even mental health awareness is starting to really come out and get a get a voice because this is all based on feelings and emotions. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's just like I said, giving it that uh, that proper voice because your emotion is just telling you something. It doesn't have to control you it doesn't have to have the final say but it is saying something
0: right same with logic it doesn't have to be the verdict yes take your past experiences
3: and let them play out in that sense like the phrase for it that we have now is emotional intelligence yeah how we handle our
1: emotions at the right moment Mm mm-hmm So could you look at a lot of the mental health problems with adults today as when they were kids, they were told not to have emotions. You're not allowed to feel that. And now as adults, it's been crushed in so much finally that the shell's starting to crack and you're starting to see some of that come out. Right. I would say that's probably a lot of the
3: initial of it. And now we just kind of have it built in to have recognition when someone is demonstrating that they have mental issues do
1: people still consider that acting out or are we finally starting to come to terms with that emotions are real and isn't it messed up that growing up that was considered acting out yeah you know that's that's still a lot of people still look at it that way as they're just acting out that's that's yeah. the way that
3: it was essentially introduced to us. Oh, they're they're just they're just acting out. They're just doing their own thing. Well, yeah, they constantly want the attention. That's how they live their life. Is someone that's an attention seeker.
0: Sometimes, though, I think they just don't know how to express their emotions because I'll see that with full grown adults, people who are in higher positions, people who have power, who don't know how to handle the situation. So they'll freak out, or they'll snap on people, or they'll just go off on people. And to the point where they haven't consumed and digested their own emotion before broadcasting it, it's literally like, it just bubbled up and came out. So they because like you said, it was suppressed when they were young. So if you're never taught how to train that pet, you know what I mean, you're not gonna know how to
3: handle it when you're older. It is going to make it a lot more difficult because when we were young, when our emotions got the best of us, we just, wow. Yeah. And sit down, shut up. <laughs> what are you crying for? <laughs> we cry crying for. I'll what's give you
0: something to heard about. What's the
4: I'll big idea? About.
3: What's the big deal? Right. Who
2: died? I, I think the generation before us was uh, children were to be seen, not heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had no voice.
4: <laughs> right.
2: But yeah, if you're a child and you're told when you um, share your feelings and you learn really quickly that you don't have a safe place to share those feelings, or you're told your feelings are wrong, you know, you do end up stuffing it or you learn a way to, to survive because cause our emotions are meant to be expressed and in a safe place and met with love and care. And if you don't get that... It's gonna manifest differently for everybody, so some people may lash out or need to seek attention may some may just be very passive, some may become passive aggressive um you know, so it's gonna manifest all different ways.
0: some of that maybe we're turned into art as well because if you look at some of the greatest artists, there's some of the most troubled minds. there's some people Absolutely. who have never found oh, a way yeah. to express themselves, so Sometimes even myself, it's like when I make something, I don't know always what I'm making, and then I'll look at it afterwards, and it's it's like your subconscious mind just like barfed onto the paper, and you're kind of seeing this aspect that you're not letting to the forefront.
2: Yeah, like oh, there's anger right there. That's that's really pretty pretty anger right there. (laughs) Right,
0: exactly. Let it
2: out, and that's
0: where people can associate with it because they associate with the emotion Mm -hmm. that drove the piece, and they
3: feel that same emotion inside of themselves, and especially when it's. Subjective, like art. I mean, you just kind of start, and then whatever it turns into is whatever it turns into. Yeah.
2: Emotions created music. Any any kind of artistry, books. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where this is coming out. They're they're pouring the emotion, the poetry. You know, it's finally a way for them to to get that out.
1: They don't know how to use their voice to do it, so they use different mediums.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's great creativity. It's beautiful. But some of the the greatest artists have probably the most mental health issues. They are very deep thinkers. You know, they can contend with some some suicidal thoughts. You know, you'll you'll see that you see some of our greatest artists. You know, mm-hmm. tragically ending their lives, things like that. A lot of people, Hemingway and Robin Williams. You know, people that were just great. Right. Mm-hmm. great. Just, but, rest
3: in peace,
0: Robin Williams. Yeah, you know, there's the whole twenty seven club. All these brilliant artists that died at the age of twenty seven in their prime. Uh-huh. You know, thankfully you made it past that. Right, exactly. And That's where it's, it's, I think it's learning to handle those emotions and express it. And that's where I think artists can even become better once they understand that what they're putting out is their emotions, then they're learning their tools, they can learn how to better use their tools to mm-hmm. do what they want to do. It's not as mindless that they're putting it out. Now they can be like,
3: oh, if I do this, this expresses that. Do you ever feel like it can get to a point where you have to remove that emotion and it becomes more of a business than a recreational? That's, that's the, that's the key to art. That's the key to kind of anything you enjoy.
0: A lot of things stop becoming enjoyable when you get start to have to do it for work, when there starts to be in deadline, when you start have to push the push the button, when you don't feel like pushing the button, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've ran into myself because I do want to, I do want to do what i enjoy so i want to make art as a living in some sense or form but i don't want making it a living to kill my joy for doing the art and that's that catch 22 right
2: it's all about balance
0: right exactly and that's that's where i think it's taking the jobs that you want to do being true to yourself it's don't take on a job that you don't believe in that you don't associate with like some of the best actors They'll only take on roles that, like Jim Carrey, does this. Yeah, only takes on roles that associate it. with how he's, yeah, or that associates where he is in his life right now. He's mm-hmm. like, I, can, I can associate with what's going on with this, so I'll take on this role
3: instead of just forcing himself to do whatever someone throws at him. Or well, you're Nicolas Cage and got into some issues and had to take every single role. <laughs> All right,
2: Jerry, I like how you said. Did you say push the pen?
0: push the button. <laughs> push,
2: yeah, push, like, push the button. Yeah. It all of a sudden made me think of like the, this line, uh, you got to show up to grow up.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, so you do have to true. push yourself pass those emotions. Um, right. But you still have to self-care. You know, this, this is the balance again.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Otherwise, any extreme, any extreme is you just get into a danger zone. So if you're stuffing, um, then that's not healthy. Or if you're on the other extreme where you're always lashing out, again, not healthy. If we want health to be our goal, it's a balance.
0: Right. It's it's just like working out. It's pushing yourself past your old limits. It's understanding, hey, this is strained, but this is when I have to keep going even though I don't feel like it because this yeah. what's going to give me a new limit. This is Understand going to set my limits Recognize higher. Recognize it, but
1: push mm-hmm. past it. Exactly.
3: Absolutely. And most importantly, respect it.
2: Know mm-hmm. when to give yourself grace and know when you have to challenge yourself. Right. Kev, did you have a feeling that more associated with feeling guilty when you feel that feeling?
1: I can't really think of the word for the feeling, but it's, you know, I feel like I take on a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I say yes to a lot of people that I can help them out. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time, like when I can't follow through, that's when I get the biggest gut-wrenching feeling of guilt.
3: Mm, Because, because in your heart, you were just trying to help them out, but then things got
1: in the way and you weren't able to fulfill that promise. Right. Like I just let them down. Like I was the biggest letdown for them. Like they were counting on me. And now who knows if they're going to count on you for the next one. Yeah. Do you you feel
0: like that you're letting them down or you're letting yourself down? I think it's both.
1: It is probably a little bit of both because I feel like honestly, when I accept things, it's I make it a lot easier in my head than what it probably actually is. And I oversimplify it. Or maybe it is that simple and I just get in my head and overcomplicate it. And that's usually what makes it so I can't get it done. Is there's just not enough time sometimes is what it feels like.
3: Getting in our own head is our biggest problem these days.
0: That's what I think it is too. With it, I'm the same way with all my projects. Whether it's woodworking, whether it's an art project or something I'm working on, there's this point I hit where I'm like, am I even capable to do this? Why did I accept this job? They shouldn't have looked at me for this. They're going to figure out I'm a fake. They're going to figure out I'm a failure. They're going to figure out all these things about me. And we've talked about this before. It's that usually when you hit that point, you're so close to being done. You're so close to finishing it. And it's that last little mental barrier that you have to get past to finally Mm -hmm. get the project done. Because if you just push through, you're there. You're there. You've already done all the groundwork.
3: Just, Just finish through. Right. See, I think a, a, a metaphor to look at it is running up a hill and you're right. You're almost at that top when you're hitting those, when you're hitting that doubt, but you just push a little bit more and you're at that hill. And then the awesome part is now it's all downhill. Now it's just sailing to the end and finishing it how you know you can. All right. Just watch your steps, but. Yeah don't, yeah, don't trip. Then you're going to start circling. <laughs> you're, going to start t- you're going to tumble to the end.
1: It's kind of going back to what you were talking about too, crickets. It's kind of like we've talked about this in the past where it's, you don't call somebody because you haven't called them in so long. And it's like past that threshold where it's, well, I'm not going to call them. They haven't called me. And now it's just been so long. Right. And you feel guilty for not talking I'm, to these people. I'm for struggling so
3: long. with that because I have a handful of friends that have reached out and we said we were going to make plans and now here we are probably almost a year later and we have nothing really made plans becomes Thank this monster you. and i keep telling myself i'm just going to take it on and i'm going to reach out to them when the time is right
1: and it's something as simple as a phone time call or just has text. not been right i
3: guess it's
0: actually yeah, a message just hey how you been hey how's it going like, it doesn't have to be we've turned it into this
3: grand thing in our minds it's us getting in our own heads mm-hmm that, oh, we're going to send this and, oh, we look like this, or they're going to think this of us. Like it's, it's that anxiety mosquito, just constantly picking us. Letting the emotion take over.
2: Like we put so much pressure on ourselves to live up to so many standards and try to fit so much into our schedule and everybody's busy. And I know we don't want to keep saying we're busy. We're all sick of being busy. I don't know what we're being busy. <laughs> with <we're> busy <laughs> right. But I found in seasons, you know, I think I'm the oldest one in the group, so <laughs> Um, but over like so much experience, I found like the seasons change. It's like a river. It just, it just flows and people flow in and out of your life. And it's like, it's okay. And I'm, you'll meet yeah. up with friends, like maybe didn't talk to you in a year or a couple of years. And when you meet up and, and catch up for a couple hours, it's like, you're like, you never left off. Like, you know, you never even lost two years.
3: That is honestly
0: what it is. Yeah. It's kind of how we all were. You know, is when before we started the podcast, we all we call it like our one piece year that we talked about like that, where it's our years where we went away and learned our different skills. We yeah. I was in Colorado, Wally, Detroit. We all figured out our different skills and went our different ways and then finally reconverged. But when we did that, we had so much more to talk about. We had so much experiences that we could bring to the table and bring all of our new strengths together. Mm-hmm. You know, so we needed that time apart to
3: grow, so we could grow independently and then grow better together. And Kev started a family back home and has right. a full time job. He's he ha- he's that other per- perspective that we just we have these we all have these perspectives that we get to share with each other.
1: I actually had an interview today, and that was one of the questions. You know, he asked me to talk about myself, and I told him, well, you know, I used to be somebody who was morphed by the people around him, and then all of a sudden all my friends moved away so i was kind of on my own i had to figure out what i wanted to be like and who i was that's what you know the last few years have been self-discovery kind of and i mean i'm still on that journey that road's never going to be done but of course and especially you taking on new roles yeah
3: yeah taking charge of your destiny and setting an
1: example for your children yeah
2: Kevin, when you said you felt guilty, was it? Were you feeling guilty when you just to say no, or just because you'd say yes and then couldn't follow through?
1: You know, it's probably both. It's probably both, honestly, because I, I, I cannot say no to people. Right? Yeah, it's okay. So one saying, of the yeah. hardest things for me yeah. to say no.
2: Yeah.
1: It was tough, and it was tough for me too. You know, I'll, I'll dance around it, and I'll make sure they know I don't know what I'm doing. But if I'm not able to finish it, I'm still going to feel guilty that I wasn't able to help them. Like, by the time that they needed it, do
0: you feel guilty just saying no? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: why I don't say no.
3: Because that's the entrepreneurial mind in him that as soon as he has a challenge, he starts thinking, "How can I, can I do? How can, how can I accomplish this?" And then it's one hour before a deadline. and <laughs> the this is the best I.: I me. This is the best
0: I got. It's about it. There's a dangerous side of that, though, because if you're always saying yes to people then they always expect that of you. They always mm-hmm. expect to go you with all their issues, anything that they need to do, they're going to come to you with. And the thing is, is if that's not your goal, if that's not the things that your dreams and your aspirations and the things that you want to achieve, then they're kind of wasting your time, you know, depending on who you, you only have yeah. so much time in each day that you can give to anything. So if you have things that you want to pursue, and you're saying yes to everything, the reason I'm saying this, because I did the exact same thing. But if I want to finish the things that I want to finish, then I have
1: to be more critical with my time. I have to... This is where my stoic teachings have taught me, you know. You're stingy with your money when somebody asks you for your money, but you're so willing to give up your time when somebody asks you for your time. And that's the commodity you don't ever get back. And once that's spent, it's gone. And it's also a commodity that you always have. Yeah, right until you don't. That's why you'll gamble right. your time, but you won't
3: gamble <laughs> your money. Yeah. And you can and always get especially- more especially if they're giving you money
1: for your time. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, because I'm right in line with you guys having uh, trouble saying no, this is still a learned behavior. And what I've realized is me not being able to say no because I was a people pleaser and I still feel guilty that I let people down because I can't live up to their expectations because of what they want from me. But I've learned that not saying no has actually hurt them and it's hurt me so not using logic in those times instead of the emotion of feeling guilty and instead of overriding that as a as a logic you know especially as a woman like we raise kids we're a wife and we put a lot and we have to we have careers now so it's like you're saying yes 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 to everything you have a lot of roles to play at one time a lot of different hats at one time
3: by you continuing to say yes and these people are continually relying on you Mm-hmm. to be that person that says yes to that thing
1: because you let your emotion win out against logic and that sense
3: yes and it kind of brought me to a conversation that i recently had with my own mother i called her out of the blue one day just because we haven't ta- we, uh, we we normally talk every weekend but we hadn't talked this previous weekend so i just wanted to make sure she's all right and so i called her and she is like everything okay you need money and it's it's, it's a gut-wrenching feeling that I'm 30 years old, I don't need to take money from my mom anymore. Like she's given me everything that I need, so that I can do it myself. Now. It's it's amazing. When she says, Do you need money? No, mom, I don't need money. I'm just calling to see how you're doing. We haven't talked in over a week. It's, it's
0: that enabling. It's yeah. enabling is mm-hmm. it's, it's a dangerous thing. And especially from parents, they can do it a lot because they just want, they want what's best for you. They don't want you they to struggle. Do. They, they don't they want do. you to think. But the, th- the thing that's sometimes best for you is to struggle, is to learn that how to do it on your own. That's how you become stronger.
3: By being able to figure it out yourself and not being consistently picked up.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you fall, sometimes you got to scrape your knee. You know, you got to get hurt
3: once in a while. Like that's the only way you'll learn your lesson sometimes. And that's got to be the hardest lesson for a mother to learn is that their baby boy doesn't, need their motherliness in its full what's the word i'm looking at in in its full effect i mean obviously you still want your mom but you just don't need them for certain things anymore you shouldn't need them
2: a dynamic shift as you as you grow that dynamic shifts
3: my mom started (laughs) her started my life changing my diapers and it's gonna be flipped around at the end of it (laughs)
0: That, that's that the same thing that. that they gain though if they if they stop putting all that energy into you and then they've already let you grow then they can put that focus back in on themselves again too you know they're they have that right they're a, still an individual who can go kind of explore their own line. And if they're not taking care of other people they can take care more of them,
3: more care of themselves mm-hmm. which they need just as much you know i'm constantly telling my mom that she needs to pick up a hobby and she just refuses she just loves to watch her television and go out to dinner, breakfast and brunch with her friends. (laughs) She's like the stereotypical old lady. (laughs) (laughs) She's living it though. She's happy. Right. That's that's all I I want for her is to be happy. Exactly. She'll be happier when I give her grandchildren. We'll get there. (laughs) And that's,
0: there's a reason probably a lot of people fall into that same dynamic as they get older. You know, we're just not to that point yet. So we may not understand it. So it's at the same time, letting them, pick their paths you know
3: and could could you say that getting to that point once you hit that point you have a good understanding of the difference between emotion and logic
2: what point is that
3: the point
2: <laughs> you're always going to be contending, like you're always Like, what point? What, what point? Right,
3: right. <laughs> when do we get there? <laughs> we do get better. We do get there. I, I would say, like that—that that realization moment <laughs> yeah. in your life. That, yeah, you realize you're not a kid anymore. You also realize that you're dying soon. That you're gonna die one day, and you also just kind of realize your humanly existence. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I've, I've realized all those things in the last few years, but I, I still don't feel like I have Oh a, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not, right. I'm not last saying like, everyone
3: hits this moment at the same time. I'm just saying like, once you do hit that moment, you kind of have a, a different perspective on some of the things than you had before. That's I feel like it grows,
0: but I feel like it's the same thing with, um, like ego. It's a, it's a battle you'll be having your whole life because Mm -hmm. I've really faced my own mortality. That's what drives me to work on my projects that what I want to do. I faced my own independence where I moved out to a state where I knew nobody and had to start off fresh. It really made me understand that. I'm an adult. I'm in charge of my own destiny. I have to take control of this. Nobody else with, no one's going to give me the answers and how I'm supposed to interact with everything. Cause nobody else knows either. We're all just trying to figure this crap out. Like That's every the day. everybody's funniest trying to
3: Part out. about it is there. Everyone looks to someone like, can you please give me answers? Can you please hey, give me answers? They're like, hell my life. can you please give me answers? <laughs> <laughs> like
0: what are we doing here?
2: Hey, nobody I knows. I have an answer. Right, hey, right. Hey, let me hear it. Okay. Well, I think of it like we're all accountable for ourselves, period. Okay, we're all accountable for ourselves. We're all responsible for ourselves. So what image do you want? Do you want to have the image where you're hot-headed and anything offends you and you're super sensitive and everybody's scared to talk to you because you're going to be angry? Or do you want to be that calm, like I can handle things and I can be open and honest and transparent and still mature? You know. So what do you want to own as your reputation and your character?
0: Right, the legacy you leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the character you've built yourself into.
2: So this is how if you balance emotion and logic, let's say your passions become your vocation. And that's based on your feelings because that's what you're passionate about, your art or me writing or whatever it is. So I have emotion connected to that. Jared, you have emotion connected to your heart, or to your art, to your heart. You have emotion
4: connected to your heart, <laughs> and your heart
3: connected to your art. So, I you know, you, so then he really put his heart in there. And, and You can yeah. really see it, <laughs> dude. That's a literal heart.
2: <laughs> so he has that. He has the passion. There's emotion there. Now he's going to bring the logic in. Now how do I get to my goals with this passion? You know what? What? Do, what's your bigger bigger picture what's your you know vision this is where your vision and how does logic get you to your vision and you're still using you're still embracing those emotions because you're using your passions what's
0: interesting that you say that is i feel that one thing i've noticed about that with what people start to pursue in their passions like that maybe they've subdued for a while and like re-brought up is it's and I ask everybody this when they start telling me about something they're really into now or something they recently got into, I ask them to think back to when they were a kid and if they've done anything like this when they were a kid and almost every time it's yes. Like the things that people subdued and put down that they're now super excited about and they're driven to, they've mm-hmm. always been doing. It's not something mm-hmm. new. It's something that they've kind of put on the back burner while they've learned life and had to do all these other things. And now they're re and like you said, when you're a child, you're the most emotional being.
4: So mm-hmm. it makes
0: sense. You would find the thing that you're passionate about when you're the most emotional. So tapping back into that childhood
3: to refine your passions.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Unless you had a rough childhood and everything's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I, I, I love the revelation of this childhood thing, because I mean, it's common to see a two-year-old throwing a fit in the store. Cause they want the candy. I see yeah, a 4 mm-hmm. year old do that. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> I've seen that.
0: Grown adults acting yeah. like kids. Like age where is this
3: person's supervisor.
0: But maturity and age are two completely oh, different yeah. things. Yeah. Like maturity. Who is, Who
3: is this? Who is
1: this adult child's guardian? Right. We were at or we went to breakfast the other night and this... Older person was sitting behind us, and he said, oh, "I can't believe how many stupid people they have working here. You can't even cook the food right." I said that to the manager, hearing and, that, Yo, how old are you? Why are you here? Because you can't cook
0: uh, yourself. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you complaining? Oh, I I hate hearing when people are so critical of yeah. other people that they feel like they can do a better job. It's like, you can do it. Man. Show me, man. Yeah, do it. Do it. Don't complain unless you got a solution. Mm-hmm. Right. So anybody
0: can just complain about their whole situation. It's up to you if you want to choose to do something and interact with your situation
3: and make it better. That's the only thing that's beneficial. Whining about it does nothing. And I think it's our natural tendency, the emo- our emotions getting the best of us is to whine. And then the logic just, just like, what are you whining about? Right. It's the woe is me, which you have to figure out to figure out where you're
0: standing and mm-hmm. why you feel the way that you do. But you can't live in that mm-hmm. self-reflection and live in that emotional state that, well, everything's just happening to me. You, you're you causing how your life works out to some extent. You have some influence over your life. Well, that's the problem. is a lack of reflection, right? Well, you're right. Right self reflection. That's where I feel like a lot of people throughout quarantine were forced to do self reflection, because you couldn't go distract yourself with going around a bunch of other people and doing all this other stuff, you had to sit at home and be with yourself
3: Mm -hmm. for a long time. And that's why a lot of people (laughs) became a level of an influencer on social media Mm -hmm. or whatnot. And now these people just embody the woe is me, because it gets them more followers. And woe is me. Something happened in my family. I've got to go fund me. Please help. Put all my money into that. Like, woe is you. Shoot.
0: And some people though chose the other row. So many people found new hobbies or found new things that they really enjoyed through quarantine. They found new they rediscovered skills that they've always had and brought them back up because they had because the time had a to do so. Right.
2: Yeah. The world went on a pause.
4: <laughs> right. And you can see but how didn't everybody, really.
2: the whole world kind of stood still for a minute. But if you see what happened to people, there was there's two different, there was a couple different outcomes that came from that is because we did go quiet. Everybody all everybody's distractions was was gone for for a little bit. So some people took the opportunity with their perspective. To rise up, level up, um improve themselves, improve their situation, whatever it was, and then you have a whole other realm of people that ended up going into depression, going into anxiety, went mm-hmm. further into addictions or suicide, so it was just, it's just amazing the two different extremely opposite um paths that people took i mean they just took completely opposite, so really it's based on perspective and again on your emotions,
3: right and the people that were the depressed ones are the ones that bought up all the damn toilet paper (laughs) that was that was the anxious that was the anxiety I still cannot (laughs) believe my friend legitimately was selling rolls of toilet paper for $40 your
1: friend was one of those people
3: oh man (laughs) I still I'm like I I get you got to do what you got to do but you are not morally right yeah (laughs)
0: taking advantage of the situation in their mind, probably thinking logically, well, logically, that makes sense to the uh, right.
1: And and then how did did
3: they feel when two weeks later, all the stores had toilet paper again, what now? But it wasn't the compassionate way.
0: It wasn't the empathetic and understanding people's situation and that you're taking advantage of people that's where logic is just as dangerous, you know, emotion is dangerous to fully feed into. But if you only think logically, and you don't put other people's emotions into the equation, when you make your actions, you can really hurt people. And you can push everybody in your life away. And and that's when you're a narcissist. Yeah. Yep.
3: And you can end up um,
1: (laughs) 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 that's when you're moving towards a narcissist. (laughs) And say, Oh, go ahead, Ken. I was just going to say, working from home, I know I had a lot of me time, and that's where I found a lot of the things that I enjoy, and I actually did awesome at my job, because I didn't have people in my office every two seconds asking me to do stuff. You know, I did what I needed to do, then I had my me time to do the things that I wanted to do.
3: And then since they took away your work from home and brought you back into the office, I've it's been miserable. Back- It's back to that chaos. There's
1: a reason I'm looking for a new job. Because I can't go back to the way it was before. And And it's unfortunate that your current place just won't give you those accommodations
3: that literally anyone else in your company has.
0: You're also influenced by their emotions in that environment.
3: If yeah. they're pessimistic, if they're and downtrodden, that's, that's if they're catty, is.
0: if they're, that's all you. You're, We're like, we're, we adapt other people's emotions, just where if someone tells you that a loved one dies, like their grandparent dies, you may not have known that grandparent, but you feel sad for them. Mm-hmm. because you know oh, what they're going through
1: you have my sympathy i'm very sorry to hear that and when you've right. got everybody coming in your office complaining about how this place sucks and they don't want to be here anymore and how everything about it is just it's trash. a toxic place yeah. you know it's, anger can bring it down instantly it's like well if they don't care why should i care kind of thing and it's you can only drive yourself above that for so long before they start to break you down yeah. and that's the problem with corporate america
0: that's where when i was a manager if someone came in and was having a bad day i gave everybody the opportunity you didn't have we don't have to talk about nothing but if you're having a bad day it's known that we can go step out and talk about it for a minute and a lot of people took me up on that where we just go talk about it for 5 10 minutes come back in with a different mood and the whole environment would change because if you come in, okay. in a negative mood it's going to spread everybody's going to feel like that but if you can go out there get it out express that emotion for a minute and we can just talk about it It's off your mind. You can go and like focus and go get
3: back to where it just go get in the zone again. I recently did that at a um at a party probably a year or so ago that um a friend a friend of ours was kind of was raising their voice and kind of making a scene in the middle of a party that another friend of ours was hosting. And I'm just like, hey, let's go outside real quick. Took them out and then allowed them to vent their frustrations to me but then they're not in the middle of the party and then eventually people started coming out and like we're all socializing around the fire it was they had their moment but i literally just kind of took them out and i'm just like dude you don't have to do that in front in front of i understand you're upset man like i was there and then i learned that there's more to it but that's the thing the same
0: thing you're supposed to do with kids take them out of situation. If they're acting up and all that, take them
3: out of the situation and go have a conversation with them.
1: What is it? Praise in public, criticize in private?
3: Right. Don't shame them. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a reason that they're acting up. You want to
0: know what that reason is. Right. And take them out of the situation so they're not so emotionally driven and mm-hmm. can better express it. Because if you keep them in the situation, that emotion's still at its highest
3: high. You know? I feel bad because, and it's kind of going back to what we were saying, growing up and your emotions are a little bit, Repressed. And more than once, when we would be out grocery shopping with me and my little brother with my mom, more than once an occasion came up that the amount was more than she had. And more than once, we're trying to counsel my mom in front of everyone on how to handle her finances. And how's that look?
0: This, I feel like the older you get, the more you find yourself becoming a parent to your parents. Yeah. There's some kind of switch off. This is back when I was like 13. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably too around the age when you learn that your parents don't know just, everything. Yeah, they're just human beings like everyone yeah. else. They're flawed. We we put them it on this a pedestal.
3: It was a different time and different deaths existed.
0: Right. But we, we put them on this pedestal that they're untouchable, they're capable of everything, <laughs> but they're struggling through life just just like we, we talked before, you're going to everybody else looking for answers on how to live life, but nobody knows everybody's trying to figure it out and you know then when you slowly i think teen years are usually the key time you learn that about your parents that oh these guys don't have any more clue than i do (laughs) like
3: yeah you know that's probably what the whole adolescence is is who are you to tell me who are you have you ever done what i did right and that's when they when they can when they say yes i have And I can level with you and we can have a conversation about it. You actually, you actually give them respect as
1: opposed to no, I've never done that. Well, then how the hell are you? How how can you counsel me on it? Is there ever a point in your life where all of a sudden you understand how to logically use your emotions though? Like, okay, this is a logical time to emotionally act this way. I think that point is
3: similar to the point that I mentioned earlier, where you learn there's a difference and you have that you start you start gaining that emotional intelligence which is how to manage your emotions and most people before the age of 10 probably even before the age of 18 18 would probably be like a definitive year that you start getting hit with a lot of stuff that you're just like well i gotta be logical about this i'm not a kid anymore
0: but i think there was also in the sense of what logical is to you because you could think the logical same with your your buddy who's selling the toilet paper. You can use your emotions for male intent. You can know, hey, if I act like this and I broadcast this emotion, I know it's going to get this from so and so. I know I can use my emotions to my benefit, even if they're not my true emotions. So you can bring a different kind of logic into that situation.
1: So logically controlling your emotions is manipulating, but not always, is- right? Yeah. You can
2: manipulate in a good way. You can manipulate, right.
1: yeah.
2: You know, it's not always for a bad agenda. It depends on the agenda and the motive. Into, yeah, yeah.
4: There you go. And I like
2: having yeah, you asked that question about would you come to a point where like what logic can be used with your emotion? How did you yeah. work that oh, Like how you,
1: you logically use your emotions in situations. Okay. Like you logically act out emotionally.
2: Right. And I, I've seen over the decades. Um, no, I say decades. Um, like I said, I was very emotional. I am I am very emotional and very sensitive, but over the years, I mean I'm so impressed and so grateful um for the progress that I have made to override so many emotions. I still far from perfect, will never probably ever claim perfection. I've never fully arrived ever, but I've come so, so far um to be able to say I haven't even battled depression in a decade. And that was my life. That's huge. Anxiety, 15 years, debilitating, gone. Um, you know, so there's still areas. And that's just a lot of healing work. And it is learning your voice. It is learning your triggers. It is learning self-care. It is learning all these things and relationships and and who's good for you in your life and who's not. So I know I said something, emotions, uh, being so emotional, drove like the depression and anxiety mm-hmm. that I was able to overcome, not through logic, but addressing the feelings and what was causing those emotions um, coming from so much uh, different abuses and rejection and, and a lot of chaos, you know, my life was, I had to I had to learn, unlearn those behaviors and learn new behaviors and new perspectives and new thoughts. And that helps override the emotion. So now I validate the emotions. And I think Jared, you said earlier about don't living there, don't live there. And I love that because we got, again, people that get into two different extremes where they either stuff their emotions and their feelings, like they don't exist or they totally live in those feelings and they just constantly living in their emotions and then their lives are chaotic. And it's like, when you find that balance where you validate your emotions because they're telling you something, but you can override them with some logic because I believe a lot of lies and lies right. drive our emotions. So if we they think we're not loved, can. we're not lovable. Everybody hates us. I mean, that extreme thinking, that all-or-nothing thinking. So those lies drive our emotions just as well. So the truth is like, no, I am loved and and I am somebody and I do have a purpose. And and that eventually shifts. You know, you just have to unlearn those lies and learn the truth about who you are.
3: Eventually, the truth does come out.
2: Mm Mm-hmm
0: like you said, to appreciate the things that you have done, going back to the thing we were saying about climbing that mountain and doing these projects that we get so caught up right when we get there, when you're almost all the way up that mountain, if you turn around and look at how much you've already walked, if you look at the path that you've already taken, that's going to give you the drive to finish walking up the mountain. You're like, I've already done all that. What is this little bit when I've already done all that and taking that time to actually appreciate your accomplishments is huge. And we don't, I don't do it enough.
2: Yeah. It's very easy for people that are driven and perfectionistic. You're constantly kind of hard on yourself. And that's just comes with yeah. people that do, do have entrepreneurial skills. There's, there's, there's pros and cons or, or strengths and weaknesses in, in everything. So it's again, physics, right? yeah,
1: it's a positive <laughs> for every negative.
2: Yeah, right. exactly. And I love, Jared, how, how I always saying how you said not to live there. So acknowledge your feelings. You need to validate those feelings. They are telling you something. Process them. You know, there's, I mean, sometimes we get, we don't even think we are allowed to grieve. We can have a major loss. You can lose your job. You can lose a relationship. There could be a death. And we think we just have to pick up and move on. Or there could be yeah. a major offense. You just forgive and stop. move on. And it's like process that pain, but don't live there. Process right. it and right. heal and eventually move on.
0: I talked about that a little bit in the last episode, I've gotten it from spouses where I'm very, I'm very low to anger. Like even when I got my manager training my biggest thing was tranquility, I'm very slow to anger. And so I've had in relationships, I've never laid a hand on a woman never would lay a hand on a woman, just not what I would do. And I've had it in relationships, though, where when I finally do get upset, when they finally do push me at a point where I actually get like mad and upset they're scared and they tell me that I'm too big. I've literally had multiple times. You're too big to get angry like that. You're too big to get upset like that. And it's, you did something that hurt me. You did something that made me feel unlike a human or, you know, different aspects that actually hurt my being. And I got upset, you know, so the first time, and that's a little bit too, it's, I've become better about letting my emotions out more and being, you know, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't boil up so much. But the fact that being told
3: you can't be upset is very defeating. I just thought of something. I mean, obviously you can't go back in time, but if you're in a situation like that again, and someone's like, you're too big, you're too big to be angry. Just go fetal position on them. <laughs> go you fetal position <laughs> and then express your emotions. Cause you're just this little ball of something that they're bigger than and yep. then see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> am I, am I too big now? I'm just a ball of fuck.
1: <laughs> that's a big one though, is what you said, Sean, is you got to realize the emotion and process it. Like take that time. That's, that's where the logic part comes in. The adult part will say, you know, you, you realize it and you're not just reacting instantly to those. Right. You're picking the right emotions to use to express the way you actually feel. And understand the way you actually feel.
3: Mm -hmm. And I would say a lot of our adulthood is definitely learning the proper times to express the right emotions.
2: Right. I love how Kevin, you said react. And that was the biggest thing. I'm a reactor. I Jared knows. I I grew up with my brother. He is an intimidator. He loves to pick and poke and and he likes to antagonize. Antagonize is the (laughs) word. Oh my goodness. I was the biggest reactor. And so having to learn, again, controlling those emotions, the word is instead of reacting, learning how to respond. Mm -hmm. The book I read when it came to all the abuse, um, it was learning how to respond to abuse, not react, but respond.
3: Yeah, a a reaction is you taking action, but a response is you recognize it. Mm -hmm. That's where my mom taught me this, and she
0: even sometimes I'll call her when I'm just going through something. She always tells me, take three deep breaths. Just, just, just take the second to take three deep breaths and just recenter yourself. Take yourself out of that emotion. Take yourself out of all that for a second. So it's not, you can get caught up with it. You can yeah. just the simple act of breathing can pull you out of that consumption. It just
3: consumes you completely. I've had a couple professional moments that I'm not proud
1: of that I've had, I've let my emotions get the best of me. It happens. We're emotional beings. To where I do enjoy having kids. You get to watch all these weird kid shows, like Daniel Tiger, and they sing songs when you're <laughs> right? when you're mad and you want to roar. Just take a deep breath and count from four. <laughs> I like that. Oh my god! Yeah, I like that too. It's even <laughs> one more. It's even one more second than three. Yeah, <laughs> they, they had to make it
3: rhyme. Of course, but I mean, it makes so much sense. Think about the people that have only been taking three breaths and not been prepared. Yeah, right. they, they should have just taken that fourth breath.
0: That's where I like what you said too, Kevin. Is is logic's kind of like the adult, if if emotions kind of like the child. Logic's the adult, and we can benefit from both. We can then benefit from being mature in moments, but we can also not lose that childish mm-hmm. wonder. You know, we can. It's a balance of both of those.
3: Your adulthood now consists of going to the establishment, mm-hmm. being treated unfairly and not doing anything at that moment coming home and then writing a very strongly worded email <laughs> to the response unit of that establishment.
4: <laughs>
3: Even that
0: there it's it's like Sean I was saying it's how you respond because in that moment if, if it's something that person's doing on the other side of the counter Sometimes you can just put them in check by asking them a question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You could just ask them, hey, are you having a bad day? Hey, is everything going all right? A simple question because usually they have a life going on too, you know. And so the reason they might have snapped or done these other things is because they're also God, trying to a live life. Right. Yeah. And so you can just be that person for them. We all, like you said, Smokey, we all have some times that we're not proud of or we didn't act the way that we should have acted. And it just takes one person being like, hey, is everything okay? hey, are you doing all right? Because they level with you. Yeah, they see you as a, they're treating you like a human being, right? Not someone who's just serving me my food or taking care of me or mm-hmm. servicing me like
3: you're, a, you're an individual behind that. And especially when you you at you ask them, and you're not just automatically telling them, right? Like someone like someone treats you poorly or charges you the wrong amount at a restaurant, instead of no, it's this amount. I'm sorry, I, kind of thought it would have been a different amount. Can I see the receipt just so I can see where this difference lies? Right. Hold people accountable for things that they don't even control. You work here. You don't make the rules, the policies,
0: the prices. You don't control any of that. You're just trying to get a paycheck to Mm -hmm. make a living so you could get Uh, by
3: in society. (laughs) I went to a restaurant not that long ago. I had a menu that must have been pre-COVID because it had different prices. Mm -hmm. so i go there and i'm and they told me a completely different price than what i expected on the phone so i already had my suspicions and then when i got there they told me that price again and i'm like okay that is what the actual price is the price that i thought is not correct and i need to figure out where that difference lies so the little so the young girl that was working there she was new so and all i all i asked her was can you please bring me a current menu She's like, I'm new. I'm like, do you know where the menus are? She's like, yeah. I'm like, can, I, can you please bring me a current menu? So she brings me the manager. And I'm just asking this manager. I'm like, I have a menu that says this price. And the manager's just like, no, this price. I'm like, my menu says this price. All I'm asking, All I'm asking is, was there a price change? No, this price. They're so brainwashed. I felt bad for the young girl that just started at this place because she has a shitty manager that doesn't know how to talk to people. Well, it it,
0: it is a little bit on him for not having the better customer service. And I see this all the time. You're probably the thirtieth person that week that he's had to tell have that same conversation yeah. with.
3: Then just and, be honest with the people right, instead of lying to 30 plus people.
0: Right. That's true. And, you know, explain it to him, have that sense to do it. But at the end of the day,
3: yeah, he just wants to go on with his job. Yeah, I, I get that. But I also work in a restaurant that gets asked about, yes, we did have a price change. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. They're going to pull a gun on me. Right. I just told them the truth. Right. That's the part I just don't get. And I, I and I get, he's just doing his job. And he's probably told by his boss to do things a certain way, but I just don't think that's right. And having management, ex- have not management experience, management education, I believe there's a different way of doing things—the correct way.
2: I like how Honestly. what you were talking about reminded me something too with emotions. I, I love emotions. This is the thing. Pick your battles. You yeah, your battles. That's, that,
3: that's what it is. And if you
2: want to be an emotional, chaotic freak, then you're just going to, everything's a battle. But if you pick right. your battles and no one to just pull out, and this brings up a, a big question, social media. Look yeah. at all the emotions constantly. And I've done it so many times. I've almost gotten in trouble because I put things on Facebook out of pure emotion before just calming down and thinking logically what I want to say. How many of us do that? You can't, you can't take it back when you
4: right. put it out there.
2: You can delete it, but Facebook. if it's already hit, so that's a huge it. one right there. Emotions and Facebook.
0: <laughs> Cause you don't have to, you don't have to see their reaction. You don't have to have a look at a face when you do that. You have a little bit of sense of anonymity. You have knowing that you don't have to learn a tone of voice. You don't have to learn about responses. You can put it out there and forget about it. It's out there. You know, and Facebook does a
3: really good job these days. They're like, you have memories from X years ago, <laughs> so I'll click on What are these memories, and I'm seeing all these posts, and I'm just like,
0: why did I post that? Right. <laughs> like, right. what is going? Like, why? I was so engulfed in myself. We even yeah. have emojis too. Just the pure expression of emoji emotions, put into one sure. little face. I yeah. like emojis.
3: I think that was a good advancement. <laughs>
2: I think gifts took over. I, I yeah. said a gift. I will send you yes, a jellyfish. I do. <laughs> I mean, if I want to I mean, say, not
3: really to <laughs> just the advancement in the technological messages.
1: Yeah. You're
0: encapsulating emotion. We used to do with just punctuation. Punctuation was supposed to be right. the emotion. And that got
1: a lot of people in trouble. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Because yeah. punctuation is subjective.
2: Stop, stop yelling at me in all caps.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. That's a there's an interesting statistic I learned where uh what some retail places will do will put a mirror behind their cash wrap because if you have a customer who's angry if they see oh, themselves gosh. being angry and oh, looking like that wow. and looking aggressive
1: I like that they will change their demeanor. They'll see how they look, how they look in that situation. I used to bring my kids into the bathroom when they were throwing a fit and have them look in the mirror. <laughs>
3: Dang, man. You're, you're a, you're a progressive so dad. <laughs> My dad wouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> he would just yell at me. That doesn't work. I've tried that too, which probably isn't good for them. But I don't know why I
3: just folded and made him believe that that worked. But that's what we did when we were kids.
2: And so much of it comes over time with like self revelation. I mean, you just don't know what you don't know. First yeah, of yeah. all, so when you look back, like, like smoking, you said, like when you look back at old Facebook, like what in the world was I thinking? And you know, when you have those revelations, I'm like, God, I was really ugly there. And I don't want to be that kind of ugly anymore. You know, like you almost have to prepare yourself. Like if I'm ever in this situation again, how am I going to handle it better next yeah. time? So right.
0: That's what ah. it
3: is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. How would I do this differently? Yeah. The, those, those are the scenarios that are playing in my head constantly all day, every day. And I just tell myself that I'm ever in that situation again, this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be the right thing this time. It's probably why it looks so bad in the first place is because
0: you've grown from the person that is. And you've grown Mm -hmm. emotionally and you've grown logically. So looking back at that, it's just, it's immature a lot of times. You see it as
3: an immature thought process or an immature mentality. I also do think about, though, if I made different decisions differently, and I think about what the end result would have been on that different tangent. Would have, could have, should have. Mm-hmm. And that's just—it's another dangerous world to live in. <laughs> you think you think you're being logical at the time, yeah. And then time passes, and you start realizing that you were just being more emotional than you were being logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just you having too much pride.
2: That's what I was gonna say. Humility. And it's like if you mess up, because we're gonna mess up uh, we're all human. We do react. So we, maybe we just didn't get enough sleep. Maybe our nutrition's a little off. I mean, it can be the little, things, or we're just under pressure. We are in a really hard season, you know, so we're a little bit more sensitive and there's so many reasons that can make us more sensitive at times than others. And when we do mess up, it's just that humility to say, I, I'm sorry. And yes. I said, so I'm going back now five years ago. Like, I'm sorry. I hurt you like five years ago. I just realized what I did, <laughs> you know?
3: That's huge. That's you, 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 you approach some dangerous water when you, you bring up past memory though. I
0: I think that's a huge point you made right there with emotional awareness is the ability to just say, I'm sorry, take accountability for your actions when you do act emotionally. Like if you get upset with somebody, even if it's the next day to come back and just say, Hey, no matter the situation, I shouldn't have acted like that. I mm-hmm. shouldn't responded to you like that. That was not okay. That's not the person that I want to be. And you shouldn't be treated like that. And when you're, I feel like that's a huge step towards that emotional intelligence.
3: Yeah, having that sense of a personal accountability and having that emotional recognition that that's, Being able to check in that, with that wasn't right. Yeah. That didn't feel right. My gut doesn't feel right after that happening.
1: And it feels that way for a reason
3: exactly you have to check the ego to do that because it's hard to say well i made
0: a mistake i shouldn't have. well they they did that so that's there's a good reason why i acted like that. can they, always
1: justify it yeah right? mm-hmm. no matter how they acted. no matter, no matter what control, we do we
3: will always find a justification but it's right. always a personal justification mm-hmm.
0: you can't control what others do you can only control with how you what you do mm-hmm. you'll never have
3: control over other people's actions and you'll never have control over other people's emotions
1: or other people's logical thinking.
2: Yep. Yeah. Or responses.
1: Yep. You can only control what you control. And that's and how you react to things.
2: There, there's yeah. a point for all there you go. For all those control freaks. There's very, very <laughs> little you can control. And it pretty much just comes down to yourself.
1: <laughs> so Shauna, we appreciate you joining us today in Ma's Garage. Um, we know you do a blog. Can you tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about how they can find that and do a little bit of research of their own?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website is just Um You'll find a link is martin ministries. And right now it's a lot of information, kind of my testimony. I really empower people, especially in mental health awareness, abuse recovery, just try to help people find hope in their healing process. So shantamartin.com is one start and eventually more, more information will come out as I, as I get more information out there. And, but yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me on. This was exciting and I love this subject and there's lots of subjects that I love to teach on and explore. So I'd love to come back.
3: It was definitely a fun subject and a fun episode. We'd be glad to have you back. Most definitely.
2: Awesome. Thank you.